welcome to the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast. It's February 22, 2016 and this is episode 511. Today I bring you the second of a four-part series to walk you through the first of my two Japan Winter Wildlife Tours for 2016. Continuing today with black-eared kites, white-tailed eagles, red-crowned cranes and hooper swans. We pick up the trail this week on day 5 of the tour during the 2pm frenzy when the folks at the crane centre throw out fish supposedly for the red-crowned cranes, but most of them are taken by the white-tailed eagles and the black-eared kites. Here we see a photo of the black-eared kite as he banked around, showing me all of the beautiful detail on his underside. Just to recap, during this 12-day wildlife tour, I shot exclusively with two Canon EOS 5DSR bodies, and although I was able to use many of my shots at full frame without cropping, some of them are cropped slightly, as is this one. I cropped this down to a 31 megapixel file as the kite was a little bit far away, and so even with my 200 to 400 millimeter lens with the built-in 1.4 times extender engaged, giving me a focal length of 560 millimeters. I needed just a little more reach. As I mentioned last week, sometimes I'm leaving the birds smaller in the frame to include more of their environment, but when it's just a plain blue sky, I prefer to see the bird a little larger like this. At 31 megapixels though, I still have a file 1.5 times larger than the files from my 7D Mark II, and the autofocus held up well to the fast-paced shooting, so I was very happy with my decision to go with the 5DS bodies. The detail is simply incredible still, of course, and I love that there is such a beautiful pronounced catchlight in the kite's eye in this photograph. I shot this at f10 for a thousandth of a second at ISO 400, and as I say, the focal length was 560 millimeters. This next shot was a stroke of luck as two white-tailed eagles flew close together coming straight towards me and at pretty much the same distance from the camera so I have both of their faces tack sharp with the one on the left of the photograph looking straight into the lens. I cropped this one down just a little from the top right corner and then cropped to a 16 by 9 aspect ratio to match the width of the birds better, giving me a 38 megapixel image. This was also shot at f10 a thousandth of a second, ISO 400 at 560mm. This was shot just 20 minutes after the previous kite photograph, but the sky here is much paler because I'm looking across the sky, closer to the horizon instead of almost straight up, where the sky is at its bluest. Here's another sort of fun shot, as this white-tailed eagle gives me the evil eye as he banks around in preparation for a swoop to steal some of the fish. Again here, I was shooting across the sky a little, so the blue is a little paler. And this is exactly the same settings as well, 
So F10, a thousandth of a second at ISO 400, 560 millimeters. I cropped this one quite a bit to 27 megapixels, as the eagle was quite a distance from me at this point. Again though, it's still a bigger file than the 7D Mark II, so I'm happy with this. I don't want to sound like I'm knocking the 7D Mark II or any other fast frame rate body. I'm just enjoying the fact that I can sometimes get full frame wildlife shots and maintain the beautiful high resolution of the 5DSR body, or even when I have to crop in some, I'm still getting a great quality file, and I have the freedom to do both, which has been quite liberating. As I mentioned last week, we'd had some beautiful warm coloured mist from the bridge on the first morning that we visited, but the ideal scene from that location is when the temperature drops below minus 16 Celsius or 3 Fahrenheit with no wind, and if we're lucky, hoarfrost forms on the trees and makes them turn a beautiful white. When we left the hotel on the second morning for our second and last chance to see this phenomenon, it was just about cold enough, so my hopes were high. As the sun started to near the horizon and the light increased, we were treated with this scene, as the cranes started to awake and call in their river roost. I'm often asked if it isn't cold in the water, but if the water isn't frozen, we know that it's at least above freezing point, so compared to the air, which is well below freezing, it probably feels quite warm to the cranes. Having said that, they huddle up quite closely overnight, then start to sing and dance and spread out as the sun arrives to warm them up, so it's still a pretty harsh environment that they live in, but it gives us photos like this, so I'm glad that they do. The hoarfrost doesn't form often, so this was a special treat. My settings here were F10 for an eighth of a second at ISO 1600 at 506mm. So I was zoomed out just a little bit with my 200-400mm to with the extender engaged, and this image is uncropped. As the sun rises, the warmer coloured light gives the hoarfrost a pinkish glow, which is quite beautiful too, as we can see in this image. We shot for a good hour or so after the sun rose, trying to capture moments like this when the red-crowned cranes are dancing and singing, or just running around happy to have survived another night. Not long after this shot, the warmth of the sun started to melt the hoarfrost, so the trees started to go back to black gradually, but I was still very happy that the group was treated to this scene. We have missed this quite a few times in recent years, so this made a very welcome change. Fingers crossed for the Tour 2 group now. We'll be at this location again a few days after I release this episode, and I'd love for us to get this again. Without any falling snow, there was no reason to go back to the crane centre after breakfast, so we moved on, as planned, to Lake Kusharo where we would photograph the hooper swans. The swans are actually the biggest of the birds that we photograph, with wingspans up to 9 feet. 
They are not quite as graceful as the cranes or as majestic as the eagles. In fact, they can come across as quite clumsy sometimes, but often they're a beautiful bird to watch and photograph. We spent our first 90 minutes or so in a corner of the lake at a place called Kotan, where the hot springs flowing into the lake stops a little waterhole from melting. So there's usually a decent sized groups of swans there. I like to just set my exposure and sit in the snow and wait for something to happen. The tricky part is actually focusing quickly enough to capture a shot like this when that something does happen. I was able to capture this foreground swan as he tried to escape from the attack of the swan in the back. This was not cropped, so you can probably imagine how relieved I was as I zoomed in on my camera's LCD, first to find that it was sharp, but then to see that I had not clipped the tip of the swan's wings off along the top edge of the frame. Sometimes the image is still good enough to keep with a clipped wing, but it's still nice to include it all, as I did here. The settings for this image are f8 for a thousandth of a second at ISO 200 with a focal length of 340mm with my 100-400mm lens. I haven't done a lot to these wildlife photos in post. For this image I increased the shadows slider to plus 40 to bring out the shadows a little, reduced the white slider by minus 15 to bring some specular highlights under control and bumped the clarity up to plus 20 to give the image a little bit of punch. Towards the end of the day we moved along the lake to a place called Sunayu and slowed down our shutter speeds to try and do some panning shots with the swans. Unfortunately they weren't helping us by flying back and forth along the beach but we did have some fly-ins as we waited as you can see in this photograph. I like this shot, although the swan's heads aren't sharp. The warm light over the mountains is really quite lovely though, and the soft wings of the swans is really appealing to me. It would have been nice to have had the heads sharp, but at a 50th of a second, the chances of this get quite slim. So I have chose this frame for its overall aesthetic value, rather than the technical accuracy. I've cropped this down to a 16 by 9 ratio as well, as the top of the frame wasn't adding a lot. The aperture at this point was set to f14 to give me that slow shutter speed, and the ISO was set to 320 with a focal length of 312mm. The following morning, on day 6, we went back to the lake hoping for some fly-ins, although we only had one decent sized group. Here's a photo of them coming in with the mountains on the other side of the lake in the background. This isn't my best flying shot by far, but I've included it here to illustrate the sort of things that we do at this location. My settings for this were F10 for a 500th of a second, ISO 200, at 100mm with my 100-400mm to lens, so I'd pulled back as wide as the lens would go. We went back to Kotan for a while after breakfast, 
And then after lunch on this day, we did a workshop session at the hotel. I walked the group through a bit of information about the snow monkeys and the birds that we photograph on this tour. And then I talked about my Lightroom catalog management and backup strategy, which the group seemed to find useful. Then towards the end of the afternoon, we went back out again to try and get some swans to fly for our panning shots. We weren't very successful except for a few birds that did fly along the strip of water at Zunayu Foros. Here is one of my resulting photographs. Although once again we didn't really get enough goes at this to get a totally sharp head. I found this shot kind of amusing though as the swan seems to be skating along the ice with one foot. My settings here were f11 for a 40th of a second to capture that wing movement and an ISO of 320 at 188 millimeters. once again with my 100 to 400 millimeter lens. This isn't cropped or rotated though, so a nice bit of in-camera framing going off here. The next morning, rather than going to the Bihoro Pass as we often do for a landscape shoot overlooking the lake, the group voted unanimously to go back to Sunayu to try and get another fly-in or two. So we had an early breakfast and checked out before leaving for the lake to make the most efficient use of our time. Once again we didn't get many fly-ins but I was happy with this shot of a group of five hooper swans as they fly in front of the group shortly after 9am. The great thing about photographing at this point in the morning is that the sun is behind us, so the light on the birds is beautiful. Again here, I've cropped this image down from the top to a 16 by 9 ratio for a better balance, and I quite like the slight misty feel to this as the mountains gradually fade into the scene. I was using a fast shutter speed for this at 800th of a second at ISO 400, f11 and a focal length of 124mm. That brings us to our 10th photo for this episode, so we'll leave it there and I'll pick up the trail shortly after this on the 8th day of the tour as we make a brief stop at Iozan or Sulphur Mountain as we start our drive over to the Nutske Peninsula and then Daosu where we'll spend three days photographing the stellar sea eagles and white-tailed eagles from a boat on the Sea of Ohotsku. I hope you'll join us again then. Before we finish I'd like to remind you that we are now taking bookings for the 2018 Snow Monkeys and Hokkaido tours. For details and to book your place, visit the tour page at mbp.ac slash ww2018. Our 2017 tours are already sold out, but if you'd like to be put on the wait list, please contact us. Thanks very much for listening today. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share a link with your friends, and if you don't already, please subscribe in iTunes or your favorite podcast program to ensure uninterrupted delivery. You can find me on Google+, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook, and links to everything that I'm up to are at martinbaileyphotography.com, so do drop by and take a look. I'll be back next week with part three of this series, but in the meantime, you take care and have a great week, whatever you're doing.
，拜拜。